Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. The fans that will be tuning in for the first time will come to appreciate him like everybody else does. Here's a, a, a young player who is truly selfless, makes every one of his teammates around him better, and all he cares about is not his own stats, it's about winning. And he's going to sacrifice and do whatever it takes to get the win. So uh, if more people get to know who Nicola is, then that's great for everybody. Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, Michael Malone playing the no one watches us. No one brings respect to us. Hey, get no respect. Nikola Jokic. Hey, if you're watching us for the first time. Hey, here's this. uh, Here's the reason why this guy is an MVP finalist. Mark Jackson, take notes. Hmm. Here's why. It's um, we're going to talk with Jamal Collier a little bit later on ESPN. uh, Well, actually, it for um. For all intents and and purposes, to be honest with our audience, we talked to Jamal earlier. I don't mind telling people it's pre-taped. Yeah. We talked to Jamal Jamal Collier earlier, ESPN NBA reporter. And, you know, it's one of the things we talked about was Michael Malone and his ability to play the chip on the shoulder card. Hmm. And he's been doing it all playoffs. And it's so weird for a team that is the number one seed in the West to play this card, but they've been given reason after reason to, that if you've been doing it most of the playoffs, why stop now? Why stop playing that card when you can just keep keep rolling with it and let the media eat it up like he's allowing them to with the uh, the Jokic card? Yeah, it's interesting, Josh. I... I think that's probably his M.O. to get his guys motivated, to get them excited. Unquestionably, they are the best team in basketball. It's not even close mm-hmm. on the Western or the Eastern side. Um, but to, to me, the, there, there's still a problem of them just not being that interesting. And I, I can't really put my finger on it. Um, you know, when I think of Nikola Jokic outside of him being a, you know, just a, a walking bucket, he looks like a big vanilla ice cream cone <laughs> kind of sliding around. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I left, lost Josh. I, I, left, uh, I, I left my ice cream in the fridge from, uh, oh, it was, it, was, uh, it, was, was it yesterday? Was it Monday? I don't remember. I was trying to make a, a, a soda float out of my ice cream. I had too much, too much ice cream left in the fridge, and my vanilla ice cream became bad. So, uh I'm sorry. That's my my one lone image of vanilla go. ice cream is vanilla ice cream having to be tossed down the sink. And you know it's unfortunate because he's awesome. If you love the game, if you appreciate good basketball right now, that's as good as it's gonna get. But I don't know. It's just like okay, I guess I guess we'll watch it. And to me, it's an interesting comment him saying, "Oh, I'm I'm excited for a lot of people to see Jokic." When, in my mind, LeBron James was just in the Western Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's the closest thing to the needle mover in basketball. He is. Next to, maybe next to Steph Curry. Those two. I think LeBron's more of a needle mover than Steph Curry I would probably put him more as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With that in mind, I feel like more people were watching, more eyeballs were watching, and more people were interested in the Western Conference Finals because LeBron was there, then they're going to be in the finals 
with Jokic against Butler. Unfortunately, I just think that's the way it's going to go. By the way, vanilla ice cream, good in a waffle cone. Just want to make sure oh, we, of course. Uh, you know, we, we get that straight. Not in a cup, not in a regular cone. Actually, I'll go better. Waffle bowl, not waffle cone. In this case, it would be a, a Serbian waffle cone. For Jokic, there you go. Yeah, um, but I, I can, I can see his point on this though. Um, if people were watching the Lakers, mm-hmm. and if people were watching the Lakers as the needle mover, maybe they were paying more attention to LeBron and paying more attention to to AD, and not really paying attention to Jokic. Like you know, Jokic got his, and maybe it wasn't all that sensational. Which you know, again, is is people's opinion on how they view a player like him. But they were watching to see when LeBron would succeed or fail. They were watching to, to see whether Anthony Davis would succeed or fail. And it kind of feels like that that's what Michael Malone's alluding to. The focus was on the Lakers. Yeah, you yeah. weren't watching Lakers and Nuggets for I'd the Nuggets. I agree with that. Yeah, You weren't watching the Nuggets in their previous series to watch the Nuggets. You were watching everybody else. So, hey, focus on us now. Here, Here's Jokic. Although, you know how he's going to play it off, right? everybody's talking about the Heat. The eight seed making it to the NBA Finals. That's right. The Heat are the the darling of the league right now. So, hey, um, wake up, guys. You know, we're, Come here. Yeah. We're here. We're, we're the, the number one seed. We're, we're the home. number one from the West. Yeah. But to, to Mike Malone's point, let's put people in that, in that conversation. You're watching – you're telling people – to watch Nikola Jokic for the first time. So what are you telling people they should be watching for? What what if if one of our listeners has not watched the Nuggets all year or they've watched the Nuggets and haven't really watched the Nuggets um and you had to describe to them what Nikola Jokic is outside of a big vanilla ice cream cone. Um <laughs> then what, what what are you describing Jokic as? Yeah, it's such a unique play style cuz he's a 5, he's a center that sometimes sets up at the top of the key and shoots threes from behind his head that are wetter than water. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's unbelievable. And then him and Jamal Murray play an old-school two-man pick-and-roll game better than anybody in modern basketball because it's just not a part of modern basketball anymore. Um, So I'm describing more the Nuggets, I think, than just Jokic, but uh, Jokic, I think it's fair to say – one of the premier talents in the NBA. Oh, no doubt. It's just I and I and I see why people don't talk about it as much because oh, he doesn't uh you know, he doesn't have rim rocking dunks. Yep. He doesn't you know, he's not quick up the floor. He is not you know, LeBron will barrel through people. At least earlier in his career, he did that a lot more and he would take hit after hit after hit and he would dish hit after hit after hit, where you know, Jokic may be a little more finesse. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. I think about it, okay, again, everything for me is golf. It's 18 <laughs> straight pars, no birdies. <laughs> That's Jokic. Okay. Jokic is uh, an errorless game in baseball wow. with no home runs. Wow. So, you, So you're saying he's a doubles hitter. Each row singles. Wow. Okay. See, Michael Malone would love you. Michael Malone singles win ball games. Mike, but no, Mike. Mike Malone would love you because you are the very reason why he is sitting in front of a microphone saying, 
for those people watching Nikola Jokic for the first time, you're going to be in for a treat because he would say Nikola Jokic is not like a singles hitter. Mm. You know, especially when you're you're throwing stuff behind your head and you're 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 doing all this different stuff and you're you know fading away from X amount of space and then you know you're you're lofting a three before the end of the third quarter buzzer over Anthony Davis. Like he may not be like a Aaron what? Judge hitting sixty some odd home runs. He might hit twenty, um, but he'll drive in hundred twenty. Yeah, what what is it? Because he does some spectacular stuff, but it just doesn't glow the same way. Yeah, I, I I think part of it is he doesn't he doesn't have to. I mean, he he does everything so free and easy. Yeah. That he doesn't need to put officials in positions to have to call a, a block charge mm. uh, on a drive to the rim because he he's a, a master of the mid range, which is a lost art in the NBA and has been a lost art for for the last decade. It's kind of like a large one. Yeah. Maybe like Hakeem, but with a three-point jump shot. Yeah, I, I think that would probably probably be fair. Um, I, I would, I'd actually put it more toward more like Tim Duncan. Mm. Um, I don't know that Jokic has the 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 shot blocking ability that Duncan had defensively, and maybe that's the difference. Is there there are no standout defensive plays from him? Uh, a lot of it is just simply on offense, but it works. Mm. It works well, in fact. Um, it's kind of nice, actually, to see someone that doesn't – he doesn't stick out among everybody else. And I think that is why, actually, the Nuggets are really good is because Jokic can score a triple-double but still not be the guy that is standing way above Murray and, and, and KCP and others on the team that he can he can put up 40, 10, and 10 – and still blend in with the rest of his team and make him better um, and and not allow himself to be the feature. Like, his stats maybe don't tell the entire story and maybe overtell the story, if that if that makes sense. No, it does. It Man, his superstardom doesn't feel like superstardom. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but that's just the way it is. And I think it, it, it's almost a slice of old school right here. Which I love. I, I like I it love. too. Both teams, actually. The, the, the Heat, put aside Jimmy Butler, are a unit mm-hmm. more than they are superstar-driven. Yeah. And they've got a great coach um, that utilizes a very deep bench right now, and everybody – is involved to to create this thing together. But here's the crazy thing, and I think this is also why Mike Malone's doing this because, you know, they're in the finals for the first time in in, uh, franchise history. We're talking this way about a two-time MVP, and that's crazy. Yeah. Um, It... To me, it is it is absolutely impressive that a two-time MVP can do it in a way that is... So effortless at times. Like I, I give Steph Curry a lot of credit because the way he shoots the three ball seems just so free and easy. It, you know, the the effort part of his game is working away from the ball to get open. Once he is open and once he has the ball in his hands, things are effortless. But with Jokic, it's from the moment he's going up the floor. To when the ball is is in his hands, to when the ball is not in his hands, to when he's setting a screen, to when he's you know running the pick and roll, whatever it is, it is 
fluidity in motion mm. that doesn't have a bunch of, of physicality. It doesn't have a bunch of controversy to it, except for that, you know, that, that play with uh, the Suns owner, Matt Ishbia. Um, but it is just so calm and simple that it just it for whatever reason it just doesn't resonate with people. If you gave Dirk Nowitzki a buzz cut, you'd have Nikola Jokic. That's probably fair. Very similar style of play. Yeah. But I think this is the NBA's fault. Um, this is the NBA's fault because the NBA has rewarded so often just the the highlight dunks, the three-point shooting. It's like in Major League Baseball. Uh, Major League Baseball has always rewarded more of the home run, but if you are one of the best players in the league and you're not hitting 45 home runs, yeah. but you're driving in you know, 120 a game with maybe 20 home runs, you don't get the same kind of pub. Um, I like think Mookie the, Betts. Mookie uh, Betts doesn't get the same pub as an Aaron Judge. Yeah, there's also an East versus West Coast thing. Sure. Um, you know, the Denver Nuggets, I don't think, get the same kind of national television respect that the Knicks do, mm. that the Brooklyn Nets do, because when they're on national TV, it's more often later than night, and the folks in the East Coast don't watch them as much as compared to the Philadelphia 76ers who are on in prime time as compared to 10 o'clock Eastern. Um, I, I do think that that's a lot of it. Um, but it is, is, it is insanity that, you know, we have to have this conversation about a two-time MVP as new for yeah. some people. But it is what it is. The NBA has kind of allowed us to be here um, because they have not put enough emphasis on promoting one of the league's best players. The emphasis has been on the Lakers. The emphasis has been on LeBron. The emphasis has been on Kevin Durant. The emphasis has been on Embiid. The emphasis has been on a lot of a lot of teams. But you watch NBA advertisements over the course of the year. Tell me how much you see the Nuggets. Tell me how much you see John Morant and Trey Young and the Lakers all the time. And tell me how much you actually see Denver in those areas that promote the game. It's not often. And that's why I think Mike Malone is is absolutely right for just kind of subtly jabbing that in prior to the NBA Finals. Game one of the NBA Finals coming up tomorrow uh, right here on ESPN. Honolulu coverage begins at 1.30. Uh, we'll be on right after that for the super, super short post-game, post-game show uh, that only Off the Bench can provide. Um, we have... Hawaii football news today. We got four games on national TV. I am kind of wondering if we might get one more just because there's a, a number nine that usually is a number eight next to the uh, um, games that are supposed to be on spectrum. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you my analysis of what I take out of the four on national TV. Uh, coming up in a little bit, we'll get to the uh, Hawaii football schedule. Did want to note uh, some some breaking news as we get ready for the NBA draft, which is coming up in less than a month. Zach Eady is withdrawn from the NBA draft. Zach Eady, he, he sticks out because he's really, really tall. Played for Purdue, National Player of the Year. Um, he has decided to withdraw from the draft, and we'll have one more year at Purdue for 2023-2024. Have you seen Zach Eady? Oh, of course. Yeah. He is, I mean... Watched him the Big Ten tournament. 
playing a, Penn State. He's got a head that looks like uh, the Easter Island statues. Never thought of it that way. Uh, not going to leave my head now. <laughs> but you now know, that's all you'll think about. <laughs> that and calling Nikola Jokic vanilla ice cream. That's just how my, um, my mind works. <laughs> he that That kid, once he got the ball in the paint, you might as well just not guard him. I mean, his hook shot was impressive. He could dunk. Uh, you get to the free throw line, it was was pretty reliable there. Um, small teams had no chance. And I'm still amazed that Purdue did not make the title game um, because Edie was the most transformative player in college basketball because of how he could transform a team's um, chances. Without Edie, Purdue's like the 10th best team in the Big Ten. Didn't they lose in the first round? Yeah. That's why. So shocking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just said small teams didn't stand a chance except for, of course. I, I know. But I was I was thinking more about Fairly Penn. Dickinson. <laughs> but, uh, your not, team. Not mostly Dickinson. Fairly. Yeah. But that's that's <laughs> the thing. Like, they played Penn State, and Penn State hung in as, as, yeah. as best as they could. But it was like Edie was a one-man wrecking crew. And it was all they had. They'd feed him, yeah. and he'd do his little drop step hook shot all right. night long. Right. Um, so interesting to see him decide. Uh, and there are several players today. San Diego State had a couple uh, that decided to forego uh, the NBA draft because there's a. Uh, I think today was actually the deadline where you could choose to opt out if you mm-hmm. wanted to and return to school. And there were several from San Diego State, yeah, that ha- had made that decision. And, uh, and and several more across college basketball who made that same decision. So, um, you know that that's to see to see the national player of the year saying he's coming back tells me that he didn't see his chances in the NBA draft looking good. Um, and when the national player of the year doesn't necessarily translate to maybe a really good NBA player, that's uh, that's not a great sign. And man, if. It's a totally different landscape now, Josh, with mm-hmm. NIL. And yeah. if you're National Player of the Year, stay in school as long as you want to, man. Yeah. Uh, on, honestly, I, if if that is working for you and you've got a chance, you know, I, I'm sure there's leftover um, unfinished business for that Purdue team. Oh, I'm sure. Um Losing in the first round, I guarantee that's a big reason for him to come back and say, "Let's let's try this again." Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got years left, you've got plenty of time to go in the NBA. And I don't know, he's not going to be able to drop step on everybody in the NBA. No. And so you're going to probably have to develop some other things and do that in college. Yeah, I mean, if you're a big man now in the NBA, um, you know they want you to step out. Remember Chris Bosh? Chris oh, Bosh yeah. was so dominant in the post. Then they wanted him to become a three-point shooter in Miami, and that changed Bosh's career. And I don't think it was for the better. Remember Greg Oden? It's been a while. Uh, obviously, that that's an injury that was yeah. unfortunate, but he didn't shape out. Nope, nope. I mean, yeah, Edie would have to develop a three-pointer, which I don't think he will. Um, and and I think the game. On, in the NBA, maybe too quick for him, and that's that's unfortunate because kid near the rim is Tyler unbeatable. Hansborough. That's a that's a really good comparison right there. Yeah, yeah, very similar style, and yeah. he wasn't big enough for the NBA and didn't have a good enough jump shot. Right. 
Um, want to get into a text. We were talking about uh, the NBA earlier, and uh, this text, or it looks like somebody went into our text machine and cleared our text. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, texter from the 513. I agree with you guys a lot. Stutter. Thank you. I, I think it's time for the NBA to stop advertising being a superstar, but start advertising being a good team player. I mean, that's not really what we're saying. I mean, you have to advertise the superstars, but Jokic is one of them, so you better advertise him. Um, but you should also advertise good teams. Show highlights of good teams that move the ball, that create some exciting plays. Don't just give us the same five, six guys in an NBA 30-second commercial montage all the time. Does that make sense? It does. No, I, I do. I, I agree with you there. And I'm buying less into the Jokic versus Butler situation. Me too. And th- th- that, that's how they market in NFL too. We're, mm-hmm. We got Mahomes against Josh Allen. I, I'm i looking at teams. Yeah. I'm looking at – because there's so much more than just that matchup right there. And Jimmy Butler isn't going to even guard Jokic. Right. It's not even a direct 1v1 matchup. Right. So, honestly, it, it's it's a little played out for me. Um, I I think it's – we're not talking about how good of a team Denver is as a whole. Which is a shame. Yeah. It, it seriously is a – it feels like a slice from the early 90s or late 80s with the way that they play basketball. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to me, I think that that deserves more of the focus. I agree. Um, we've got some Hawaii football news today. Mm. Uh, and, and we'll roll this over to the next segment because we've got really a couple minutes here. But um, today was the day that the national networks released their kickoff times for week zero through week three. And then for some of the leagues, for, for some of the conferences and networks, some marquee games later in the year, uh, Mountain West – releases theirs um you know with a couple of games that have flex scheduling times for fox um because fox does that with um, a lot of their games like espn does with a lot of their games on the uh, six day and 13 day holds Hmm. for those that don't know what that means is they hold a game um and, and then they wait 13 days or six days to be able to determine where to put the game on TV. Like um, for ESPN, they'll put a game on hold to determine, do we put it on ESPN or do we put it on ESPNU? Based on how good the game is, do we put it at noon Eastern or do we put it in primetime? Because they want to put the best games in the best slots for the most eyeballs. Sure. Um, No games on Fox this year for the University of Hawaii, which I thought was interesting. Um, Two games on CBS Sports Network, both at home. Uh, the home opener against Stanford, uh, the San Diego State game, which I think is one of the better um, conference games that Hawaii is going to play this year. Uh, Oregon on Pac-12 Network. That network will soon be gone. Uh, Pac-12, Pac-12 Network's the worst. Uh, and SEC Network will get the Vandy game mm-hmm. uh, on, on opening night. Coming up in a little bit, I'll tell you what I, I kind of take away from seeing the placement of some of these games. And I do think not being on Fox is kind of interesting, and I don't know that it's necessarily a great reason why it's interesting, uh, but I'll share that coming up in a little bit. You know how to get on someone's nerves? <laughs> oh. Have someone ask you about Shohei Otani and then yell out the word, Overrated! 
and see how they react. Even if you don't believe it, just <laughs> see how they react if you try to knock down the name of Shohei Otani. I just did that uh, during the break. Um, it didn't work this time around because Keegan knows um, I'm being facetious. He knows how much I appreciate Shohei Otani. Oh, yeah. Um, but you try doing that to, to to an Angels fan just randomly. They say, uh, we, you, you do video. Mm-hmm. You're a you're a uh, an influencer. Uh, on a good day. Sure. Try that. <laughs> try that. See the response. Mm. Get it on video. Put it on Twitter. See what happens. Okay. I think that'd be kind of fun. That's still to the day to this day. My uh, my all around athlete TikTok account. The number one video I've ever made was from the perspective of a baseball and Shohei Otani hitting it to the moon. I've never seen this, but then again, I'm not on TikTok. Mm-hmm. It got it got like five million views. So for those that haven't seen it yet, give um, all around the cliff, the cliff notes of how you did this. Um, I took a picture of a baseball. <laughs> uh, I animated the mouth and the eyes to be a little baseball character. Okay. And he's so excited to make it to the big leagues and then finds out he's playing Shohei Otani and starts freaking <laughs> out. And then Otani hits a home run, and the next shot is the baseball going to the moon. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That is great. Yeah, check that out. Uh, all around ATH underscore TV, is that what it is? On TikTok, it's just all around athlete. Gotcha. Yep. All right, make sure you check that out. From how long ago? That was uh, last summer. Okay, so you'll, you'll have to scroll for a little while. Yeah, it's, it's, it's there. Um, we, we were talking football for a little bit. So perspective on Hawaii's four national TV games. CBS Sports Network, cool. A uh, couple of games there. Um, you know, Hawaii get Hawaii is allowed to have X amount that goes away from its local deal. I'm pretty sure the number was eight, which is why I kind of find today interesting that Hawaii has nine that it appears is going to Spectrum. Those mm-hmm. are usually the games that uh, they don't get announced now. They get announced later when the uh, when the kickoff times are announced for some of those home and road games. That's when we usually find out it's going to Spectrum. Um, so that's nine there. Uh, two game CBS Sports Network, one game Pac-12 Network, one game uh, SEC Network. I, I will say that I am a little, uh, I, I'm a little surprised at nothing being on any of the Fox networks, which would be Fox, FS1, FS2. Um, and we don't know if it's because Fox didn't want any of the games. Uh, or maybe Fox wanted some of the games and it was chosen or, or, or precedence put it on another network. But that, you know, being on one of those networks where they're actually rated, um, CBS Sports Network is a lower rated cable channel. Oh, yeah. Um, that means to me less visibility. Um, being on FS1 or FS2 is more vi- is more visibility than being on CBS Sports Network. So when I see two home games going on CBS Sports Network, while cool, it's also kind of like saying we're on the bottom part of the national television food chain. We're on the CW. 
Not that far low. Okay. But I but I I I see where you're going with it. Yeah. Um and and I don't want to sound like ungrateful for national TV, don't get me wrong. But I, I, I think placement is important. It's like when, when you play in the SEC. I mean, you know all your games are going to be on national TV. But if majority of your games are on SEC Network or SEC Network Plus, then you know that you're not considered a national TV draw because you're not on CBS, you're not on ESPN, you're not on ESPN2. If you're good, like Alabama. Oh, yeah. Alabama's, you know, you might have one game against an FCS school or really, really, really low mid-major school that ends up on SEC Network or ends up on ESPNU. But more often why they, than not, that's usually sorry to no, interrupt. That's usually why they they book those N1AA teams for later in the year, uh-huh. because it's an off week for Bama and ESPN doesn't cover it, and then they'll do a rivalry game elsewhere mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, normally, other schools will play their FCS schools at the beginning of the schedule, but uh-huh. Bama does it later in the year. A lot of the SEC does have one in like November. Exactly. Um, I don't know why it seems like most SEC schools consider like a week in November of like the week where we need to guarantee a win. So we'll schedule UT Martin or we'll schedule Chattanooga or uh, Jacksonville State or something just so we can say, hey, we got a win in November. An HBCU school. Sometimes. Um, Yeah. But uh, I I actually think we, we came to the conclusion in this in this talk right now is. I think it has to do more with TV because they're always going to air the Bama game uh-huh. as big as it possibly can. But later in the year where they need to put one of these FCS schools on their schedule, they'll do it then for when the rivalry games for other conferences are going on. Okay. I, I think that could be a reason. So, you know, the tough, the, the different thing with, and I, I had to kind of correct uh, Gary this morning about this. The, the different thing about the Mountain West is you know, your schedule, the way it is, you're locked. So, you know, it's not like, oh, if you're really good, you might have uh, um, you might have a game added national television-wise later. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, I'll, I'll use this analogy. You're 6-0, and oh, and the rest of your schedule is on Spectrum. It's staying on Spectrum. Um, you're not getting games added because you know all the television contracts are set. And again, Spectrum has X amount of games that they're supposed to have as part of their contract, so you're not taking those away. Okay. Um, not being on ESPN is also kind of a, a, a part of that. Hawaii or Mountain West has deals with Fox and CBS. So being on CBS and Fox means there's less flexibility, um, and the Spectrum deal offers even less flexibility than that. So that does that that does get in the way uh, a, a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I look at it as, you know, the games that should be, you know, the, the four on Hawaii's schedule that should be on national TV are, um, you know, San Diego State especially. Only, and that's the other thing, only one conference game gets national television. Just one. Would you rather it be home game San Diego State or away game UNLV? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I, and why do you ask that? I guess I'm curious. Well, I'm going to be on the sideline, obviously, and I'm going <laughs> to be on national TV. So, 
you'll be uh, you'll um, be on the sideline of national <laughs> I TV. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, I I don't know. I just the, the I think about venue. I think about story. Um, us playing at Allegiant, uh-huh. I think is is um, I don't know more intriguing. I, I'm uh, don't get me wrong. I'm stoked that we've got a nationally tele two nationally televised games at home. Yeah, I think that's terrific for Hawaii as a brand. Uh-huh. Um, I mentioned it last week, and Keegan gave me the uh, standing ovation. I want us to open up those broadcasts with a shot of Diamond Head and then zoom down to T.C. Ching Athletic Complex. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I think that helps us as a school. Um, I'm just wondering if we're talking conference games, I almost I put UNLV right up there with San Diego State. Yeah. Um, you know, I like San Diego State only because I think television wants San Diego State on its on its airwaves nationally more than they do UNLV. Okay. Um Last time Hawaii was at UNLV, that game was also not nationally televised. Um, so that's worth noting. Um, UNLV is more of a brand. I mean, we've been hearing reports in the last couple of days that the Big 12 may be looking at UNLV as well as San Diego State uh, as far as expansion is concerned. So Big 12 or Pac-12? Big 12. Really? Yeah. Big 12 is looking at San Diego as well? Yep. Interesting. Yep. Um, the Pac-12 may not have... Um, a great chance of survival. I mean, yep. that part of that story included Colorado potentially looking to go back to the Big 12, um, depending on what the Pac-12's television deal, whatever it's going to be, is is going to look like. Dion will be in the SEC by then. Mark my words. <laughs> As a coach? Yes. Mark so. my I words. So. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. It will take a couple years to be successful. I know we've zagged here, but we have zagged. If they go to a giant, you know, three giant conferences, Dion will land. I think somewhere in the SEC. Whew. Okay. If he's able to recruit like he talks, like he's able to. I don't think he could get away with what he's doing in the SEC. I don't know that there are a lot of athletic directors in the SEC that want to see that kind of upheaval. And I don't, I don't think they would would stomach for giving up that kind of control. I mean, what about like a bottom tier SEC like South Carolina? I don't see it. I don't think they would do it. I could, I could see him in the Big Twelve. I could see him in the Pac twelve. I just can't see the SEC. What about alma mater? He goes back to Florida State ACC. I could see that. I could see that too. But they better win because the I mean Florida State has not won a lot here recently. That's what I mean. Like it's almost poised. <sighs> or uh, yeah. or primed. Oh my gosh, I just used the word. You did. You I didn't did. mean to. We'll we'll zag back to that a little <laughs> bit later. Let me let me finish the point on Hawaii football. Okay. Yep. I think there's one other thing that only having two conf- well, one conference game on national television says to me is that national television does not look at Hawaii football as a draw. Um, you know, Hawaii football really has a chance at this point. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think Hawaii football had a chance to get as many as two on national TV because again, I think spectrum's deal is eight and there are nine games right now on the schedule that don't have, uh, a national television affiliation. So it, it possibly means they get one extra game if there's no, like a streaming package or something like that, that takes one of those games. Um, but getting only one on national TV and being the marquee one, being San Diego State, says to me that CBS and Fox don't see any of those other games as worthy 
of national television, be it whether it's Hawaii or whatever. And I look at um, I look at CBS. So CBS has three games that they designate for broadcast TV. Not CBS Sports Network, but CBS over the air. It's for us. It's, it's KGMB. That's a, mm-hmm. a Hawaii News Now network. And of those three, here's what they chose. They chose Wyoming hosting Texas Tech in Laramie as a primetime game. (laughs) Wyoming. They chose San Jose State in what is usually their middle of the day, 3.30 Eastern SEC slot. They chose San Jose State, Oregon State. I know, that that blows the mind, too. And then they chose San Diego State, probably the best matchup of the three. They chose San Diego State hosting UCLA. And that's probably because UCLA is more of a brand than any of those other schools. And it's SoCal. Yeah, that one, fine. I get that one. Putting Wyoming in primetime. Yikes. Makes zero sense. And not a good Wyoming team, either. Yeah, and they put San Jose State... On a, and I should correct myself on San Jose State. That's on a Sunday. Whoa. They carved out Sunday TV time for San Jose State, Oregon State, and CBS. So that's almost like saying Wyoming is more palatable of a national television team than Hawaii. Than Hawaii. Because that weekend is also Hawaii-Stanford. And that got kept on a Friday. Wait, that's cool. week one? That's week one. Come on. Yeah. Hawaii Stanford to me is 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 better for national TV. Oh yeah. Um, if you could have moved that to a Saturday from Honolulu, would, from Honolulu, yeah, Absolutely. that would be great. But that's that's not what they're doing. That that's that's the message that I get when I look at those television um, designations today. You got to win games. Yes, you do, I, and I I think that puts a little bit more pressure on Hawaii football this year because you already have challenges and and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit more on the other side. You already have challenges of the fact that you're in a stadium that's going to seat 15,000 on campus. It's not Aloha stadium. We know all the stuff around that. We've, we've circled around that like Hawks at this point. Um, but you still have the turnaround. You, you, you want to compete for a bowl game, there are already challenges to this football program that Hawaii cannot control. That's right. Now you're adding another to the list in decreased visibility on national TV. And so you now have to overcome that as well, which I think is because you'll get on national TV against Stanford. It's a Pac-12 team. You're going to national TV against Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. You know, Vanderbilt's going to be, what a, I think, what are they, nine and a half? Was it when we talked about it about a couple of weeks so. ago? Yep. But are you getting on national television in a game that the networks believe you can win? Mm. And maybe there's only one, and that's the San Diego State game. That's I, I think a little a little troubling I think for this program looking at those selections. We'll we'll talk more about that coming up. Get to your text, your calls at 808-296-1420. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center on our first look at traffic is coming up in uh, about eleven minutes. They're on ESPN Honolulu at ninety-two point seven FM 
and 14.20 a.m. Great to have you in. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia, see you in a Kia. They are proud supporters of our military during military month. Uh, text message here from the 233, which is uh, where you can get in touch with us. Uh, I don't blame national television for skipping Hawaii for primetime games. Hawaii, especially last season, got blown out, especially in the beginning of the year on national TV. Talking about the Vanderbilt game. Until UH does better in those games, I'd imagine UH keeps getting passed up on. It's not about the primetime games. I mean, put Hawaii in a mid-afternoon slot. Put put Hawaii in um, a morning slot. Whatever. Just get the visibility of being on, on network TV so that people can see the program in a in an area in which this program can succeed. Later in the year, Mountain West usually gets one of those bids for the Friday night games as, as well. Yeah. Um, because but that's, I mean, Hawaii's already locked out of that, so Hawaii so, can't have that opportunity. And why is that? Um, the schedule's pretty much already set. Um, no, I, I know. I'm, I mean, just not this year. I'm talking for, like, years to come. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because... When I think about other mid-major conferences, the American, the Sun Belt, um, Conference USA, uh-huh. they thrive on those Friday night yes. games. Yep. And when I think about what could work for us, it's more that. I agree. Um, I have said this previously, that I think the Mountain West needs to be, in its next television deal, I think the Mountain West needs to be a little more creative. I think they need to look at, at more midweek games to get make themselves visible. I agree. Um, on 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 some kind of platform where you're not always competing against the Alabamas and and all of those. Um, yeah, if you if you told us that we'd have to play on Wednesday or Thursdays, but we would get viewers, I think we would sign up for that. I would too. Um, you know, the Mountain West, and I've I've said this many times, the Mountain West needed more of a of a streaming um, footprint. Look at I'll, – I'll give you an example. Um, NBC Today came out with its Big Ten schedule. This is the first year NBC's got the Big Ten as part of the new agreement that um, you know ESPN no longer is part of the Big Ten. So the Big Ten now is NBC and CBS along with Fox, and Fox actually is the majority rights holder of Big Ten games through the Big Ten Network. Yep. And the big story out of um, – you know what the NBC, what the what the NBC, what and that, and that contracts for the next foreseeable however future, however many years. Yeah. So they're securing that for when USC and UCLA jump over. Yeah. Um, yep. So here's the thing about what NBC announced today. Um, not only do they have games on NBC, but they have three exclusive games on streaming, on mm-hmm. Peacock. Now you're gonna need uh, a subscription to Peacock, That's right? to watch those games. One of those games, it seems to have people kind of like all flummoxed over it. Washington at Michigan State Hmm. is a Peacock exclusive on Saturday, September 16th. Um, I saw someone write about it that, you know, we don't like Washington anyway. So, <laughs> well, the point being, it's like here's a marquee game, and we don't like Michigan State yeah. either. Put it, them there. It's like it's it's one thing if it's <laughs> Delaware and Penn State. Peacock mm. exclusive. That's one thing. You put a a, a Pac-12 school against Michigan State on a on a, a you know on a streaming platform, and it's got people all kind of like Huskies riled up over versus it. Sparty. Yeah, um, you know it's it's where we're going. 
Um, you know, that's why the Pac-12 has been talked about with Amazon for a little while. It, it's where we're going. But it's also a, a, a shock to the system that, oh, um, we'll need a subscription to watch some of this stuff now. Well, you need a subscription to watch games on ESPN Plus if you're a Hawaii fan with, with Big West sports. But it is where we're going. The Mountain West has games on stadium. No one knows where to find stadium. No. Stadium's not even a network. It's just, you know, there are games that you can find maybe on a stream somewhere. It has it has very little visibility. It's digital footprint is lousy. It's the best way I could put it. It is, it is lousy. It has no direction. It has no nothing. Um, the Mountain West needed that. They needed a, you know, use your CBS agreement to put games on Paramount+. Plus. You know, the games that may be on, not on national TV. Like, I'd give an example here. Um, I think the whole Spectrum thing. Wow, you actually undid that? That's pretty cool. Um, the Spectrum thing is good locally. The problem is, if you want to watch a Spectrum game outside of this state, hmm. you have to go on this, what, Team One Sports app? What the heck is that? <laughs> I have no use for that. Well, I... I have no use period because I'm not even, you know, I live in the 50th state, but if I lived outside of the state, I would have no use for that app. Yep. Eight months out of the year. It would have been so much better if spectrum could partner using the mountain West contract to say outside of the 50th state, you could watch Hawaii football, the spectrum broadcasts, on Paramount Plus. And you know there are millions of people who subscribe to Paramount Plus who probably spend X amount of money per month on that watching um, MTV's Challenge USA. I do. <laughs> or Star Trek reruns. You do. I do. <laughs> um, or uh, animated stuff. I don't. Um no, you know, you'd see me on on Peacock watching Office reruns. There you go. See, you have it. But that's the point. It's like make your games visible. You know, help Hawaii in this situation, um, or your games that are on stadium that no one could care to find. Paramount Plus. Make yourself more visible there. This contract from that end is frankly awful. So help. Your 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 middlings or your games that don't get the same kind of coverage. Like for Nevada, they have games on Nevada Sports Network that's similar to us. I think it's kind of owned by Spectrum. You know, do that. Um, because at the end of the day, the Mountain West is always going to fall behind the power conferences for visibility. This is where I think you can help close the gap a little bit, which programs like Hawaii need, right? Hawaii has some challenges. How can you help Hawaii bridge those challenges? To me, I I, th- I think we need to be going for streaming with everything that we have. Uh huh. F- figure it out. Yeah. I know that we you know Spectrum are friends. We're, we we have a lot of uh, colleagues that are employed by them. Yep. For the success of Hawaii brand, we we need to move to streaming. I agree. Uh, Texter from the 620. Does UH get more money from Spectrum with how many games they're going to be doing this season? Can't remember how their deal works. I don't think so. I think it's a, it's a set amount. I don't think it's anything uh, more. I think it's just it's X amount and um, and that's it. 
um, texter from the 208. Maybe New AD has a new plan for streaming. Mm. I don't know. That might be um, a Craig Angelus question when uh, when he gets here. I think he starts next Monday. Um, I know that uh, you know everybody wants to chat with him, so he may be a, a little busy. But um, that was a frustration for non-football, for a lot of you know, for non quote unquote revenue generating sports that baseball could have used more on streaming at home. Softball could use more on streaming at home. Water polo could use more on streaming at home. Um, You know, sports that don't get the same kind of coverage, but you know there are people that would watch that would give some better access. And I'll be honest, there's a Title IX component probably to that too. That would probably be important to to, to follow through on. Not just... um, you know, getting the big sports on. Yeah. I, I think there would be a large amount of people that would jump onto a streaming service or just UH's website for a stream just to have that availability. Uh, well, actually, it would have to be ESPN+. Plus. ESPN+, Plus owns the rights to uh, any Big West competition. You have to have it there. Still yet. You can produce that, make it quality. I don't, I don't see why you couldn't do it. Coming up uh, this hour, Jamal Collier, ESPN NBA reporter uh, from Chicago. We get ready for night number one of the NBA Finals tomorrow right here on ESPN Honolulu. You can watch it on ABC. In the meantime, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. We are uh, we're big on prep. We, are, uh, we, we find prep to be very important. So much so that our prep before the show was the final 10 minutes of the 30 for 30 on the American Gladiators. That's right. Um, which I now, see. We had baseball on. And then we, we did. S- we saw that Gladiators were on. We're like, what do you want? Gladiators. Yeah. So we were watching um, Padres and, and Marlins for, for a different reason because the Padres games are now being um, broadcast by Major League Baseball. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. Um, I was looking on ESPN Plus because I was trying to see what was on. And then I saw that ESPN was airing the 30 for 30 on the American Gladiators. And so I was like, oh, Padres, Marlins, Padres aren't having a good year. I've already watched a bunch of this game. American Gladiators. So turned on the American Gladiators uh, 30 for 30. And it was like the last 10 minutes. So we didn't really get much of it. But now I'm wanting to watch the entire 30 for 30. Because basically what I got in the last 10 minutes, and I don't know what you did, was um, who gets credit for the uh, – For the for, idea. For, Yeah, for American Gladiators. And I guess there was a, a big thing about stealing the rights and, you know, all that stuff. You, you, you got to watch it. But we were also reminded about the old days of American Gladiators. Oh. Man, um the old days of American Gladiators, and I know they had the reboot for a little while that didn't last a long time, but how yoked those men and women were that average Joes had to go up against, that was so unfair. I mean, it, it was basically everybody that couldn't make it into the WWE <laughs> Yeah, went and got hired with American Gladiators. Yep. Um, me, and I, I know I'm not alone here. The thing I loved about Gladiators was you tuned in to get people smoked, to, yes. to, to watch people get annihilated. Yes. And some would say, oh, that is 
that, that, that is so uncivilized. What was that? But to me, I want to watch someone get their head kicked in sometimes. Yeah. And they've taken that away from football. You don't get hard hits any longer uh-huh. because you get a 15-yard penalty. And, man, watching an average Joe go up against an elite – well. An elite bodybuilder, really. That's what it was. It, it yeah. weren't necess- Some were ex-NFL guys, but the majority of them were just weightlifting monsters. Yeah. Um, hey, Keegan, um, go find the American Gladiators old theme song, by the way, if you can, um, just to, to help re, uh, rehash our memories because um, that was another thing great about the original version of American Gladiators. The theme song was great. Um, yeah, I mean, you watch to see... Who was going to get shot down? Um, you know, who was going to get owned in the joust? Because that was so unfair. Oh, yeah. Being on a platform, like, this, you know, guy or, 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 or woman is, like, three times stronger than you. And they've got this mallet in their hands. And you're expected to knock them off the platform. Good luck with that. Um, I looked it up. There was a game called The Gauntlet. Yeah? The Gauntlet was my favorite. Tell people what the gauntlet was. Pretty sure the gauntlet was the one we were talking about with uh, the mini little basketball hoop thing in the middle of the of the arena. Yeah. And they had to run and put dodgeballs in there and avoid getting clobbered by two gladiators who were protecting <laughs> it at all costs. Love that thing. You can bring it up at any time while we're while we're talking about it. That's yes. Yes. See, this had this had the mix of you know, early 90s rock along with a um, little bit of techno in there. A little bit along with uh, the the old music of the gods. That's what this sounded like. And it was it was an iconic theme song. Trot out there in their high top Reeboks and the, the leg warmer socks that yeah. go up to their, their shins. Yes. Yeah. And, and by the way, I guess I should say it did start in 1989, so we were kind of like back into the 80s, into the early 90s. But still, 90s rock kind of does qualify with that. Yeah, um, I, I love that theme song. You know what we also got from American Gladiators that um, we will we will never be able to return? Mike Adamley. Mike Adamley was the play-by-play voice of American Gladiators. And somehow, he turned that into a WWE job at one point. And then somehow, that didn't last long. <laughs> and then somehow, he turned that into a job calling the XFL. The first, the, the first rendition. The first iteration of the XFL when the WWE owned the XFL. And they had Jim Ross and Mike Adamley calling games. Separately, they were both play-by-play guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, from Gladiator Arena in Los Angeles, California, here are your American Gladiators. American Gladiators. Now that, I don't think that's Mike Adamley. I think that's just the, the announcer. Um, favorite Gladiator, by the way, has to be Nitro. Great name. It has to be Nitro, mm. um, who was... Um, Coordinating producer when they brought it back. You watched the revival. I did in two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, but did you know about some of these gladiators? Things that you would have never known about them. Here's one. 
Gemini. Remember Gemini? I'm guessing that was a girl. Nope, Mike Horton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds shows, like a girl it, name. It shows how much you watched American Gladiators yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Gemini, before um, he was on American Gladiators, by neither was I. Okay. I only watched American Gladiators as reruns. Okay. You know, in those days when you're really young and you stay at home during the summer and it's on, you know, daytime TV. Gemini was a losing contestant on Card Sharks and on Press Your Luck. You remember those game shows? Card Sharks and Press Your Luck? Unfortunately, no. Oh, man. Press, uh, press, press Your, your luck, luck was my all-time favorite. Really? Yeah. Wow. Titan. I think I remember Titan. He got fired. He gone. Because he charged a referee during during the second half of that season. <laughs> they and, all were roided up. And that referee was Bob McElwee, <laughs> who I believe was also an NFL uh, referee. Oh, they had history then. Yes. Charged him um, during one of the episodes and was fired in the second half of the series. Those were probably the two most interesting gladiators um, that they had. Oh, one, one more. Malibu. Gotta be a girl. Nope. Man, I'm over two. Darren McBee, who also returned on the show Tosh.0. Oh, really? As Malibu. Tosh brought him back. <laughs> Tosh brought him back. <laughs> um, my, my favorite uh, American Gladiators game, though, uh, as, as much as the, uh, the, the joust was so unfair... The uh, the one where you'd go from station to station, and you got the gladiator on the pedestal, and he's firing away at you, and you've got these contraptions, and you've got to hit the bullseye above the gladiator, yeah, and you've got to go to all those stops and hit the bullseye, and then win, um, uh, and 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 that would be how you do it, and some would win, some uh, some would not, but that was my favorite because it was that was so hard to do, and you had you had to have some agility. Um, you had to have some skill in shooting, and you combine all of that into one. And they're firing that tennis ball gun at you, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, by the way, other notable people in American Gladiators, Joe Theismann. No way. He was not a gladiator. He was an analyst. Oh, okay. And, oh. and, and <laughs> Just after the knee. Just, just imagine Joe Theismann as a gladiator. Yeah, no. Um, and Larry Zonka. Zonka. An analyst, not a gladiator. The Dolphins coach. Yeah. Or uh, I think, no, he was, was he the running back? Uh, no, he was the running back. Yeah, he was. Yeah. With the, the, the single bar helmet. Yeah. 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 Um, Zonka. But yeah, they brought it back in uh, 2008 um, with Hulk Hogan. Two seasons. That's right. And then they were talking about doing that again uh, just a couple of years ago. Um, they might actually bring it back. Oh, because in 2021, it. MGM Television teamed up with WWE for a reboot that would feature WWE wrestlers. That's fun. And they are pitching that to broadcasters and streaming platforms. I would watch that tonight. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yep. The, you know the other thing about the, American uh, Gladiators? There's a hunger to watch people get killed. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah. Sorry, not killed. Just well, hit really hard. Close enough. Yeah. Um, that's that is that is why um, people watch NASCAR still. Um, and UFC. Yeah, like watching the Ultimate Fighter yesterday and someone getting knocked out in eight seconds. 
that did happen. Um, but the other thing that was that was kind of neat about the old version that you can't replicate is how corny looking some of that looked. Yeah. The 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 color schemes, the fact that they were all like like bodybuilder type ripped with the corniest looking clothes. Well, yeah, the 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 skin tight leotards that they would wear were three sizes too small. Yes. It was like um ancient Greece met Captain America and um and 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 met uh like you said, clothing too small and packaged that for TV. It was um it that the corniness made it work in a way. Oh yeah. Um so yeah, I would I would totally watch it. But um yeah, go back to um as I drop my phone. Mm-hmm. Um Go back to that thirty for thirty. We got to watch that later. Yeah, uh, the, the full thirty for thirty, and um, see what the um, you know what the whole thing was about. Uh, uh, why why there's so much controversy over that show and who created it and who didn't create it and so on and so forth. That Man. I, I want to see the inner workings of that. That'd be fun. The words purchased his life rights. Were on the show. Yes, yes. And I asked you, what are life rights? Yeah. Um, the only thing I could think of was Britney Spears. She had a conservatorship. Remember that? And okay. which, which recently got knocked out in court. And so her father um, basically controlled how she could, how, you know, her money, controlled her life. Um, I think controlled whether, like, controlled family in a way. Controlled her appearances. Oh, baby, baby. And that recently got knocked out by a court. But that's what life rights sounded like. Yikes. I, I got to go back and, and, and watch that again just to see uh, what that actually means. But that's craziness. Um, to, to try to control the narrative, I think, of, uh, of the gladiators. Texter from the 281 says Gina Carano was a gladiator. I don't, I don't recall that, though. That hmm. Gina Carano was a gladiator. Gina Carano was a um, was an MMA star. Gina Carano was in The Mandalorian. That's right. Uh, Gina Carano. I think she was. I yeah, think she was. She was. No, she was. I just I I just looked at it. She. I'm was, remembering that. She was Crush yeah. on American Gladiators. And the slogan that they gave for her on the American Gladiators website that still exists because she was there from 2007 to 2008, don't let the winsome smile fool you. Crush earned her well-deserved moniker by smashing opponents into submission, as we would all find out. And they would later say, despite her girl-next-door look, she's a powerful, fierce opponent who has no problem handling the women's competitors and then going back to breaking men's hearts. Gina Carano. Wow. On the American Gladiators reboot that never really stuck after two seasons. They definitely played on that slightly erotic kind of storytelling. Which was very different than the original. The yeah, original didn't have to. The original didn't, was just do like, any of that. look at these strong people. Yeah. And then look at these weak people. These puny normal people. <laughs> and see yeah. who wins. Yeah. The strong people or the puny people. Yeah. Uh, but you know how TV is nowadays. Um, TV has changed, and I don't know that it's necessarily for the better. You can't necessarily just sell it on on uh, the David versus Goliath um, 
you know, theme of, of reality shows now and game shows. And nowadays, game shows are more about, like, the reboots of the old stuff, like Card Sharks and um, what's the what's the one they're doing now? Um, well, they've brought back, well, they've brought Jeopardy into primetime now. Press Your Luck. Uh, yeah, I, I have a bone to pick with Press Your Luck's reboot. <laughs> Press Your Luck is my favorite game show of all time with the old host. Mm. The new host is not the same. I think it's Elizabeth Banks. Not not the same. It's overdone. You should apply. Yeah. Um, if they need another, you know, robotic, somewhat monotone host that doesn't uh, doesn't overdo the the game show host part, yeah, I would do it. My time to shine. I would I would apply to be a game show host. <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, we'll do traffic here. We'll get back to some normalcy. Uh, Come coming on up in, down. In, 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 uh, coming up in just. <laughs> that is so hokey of a. Come on down. Hey. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd use that. We were talking about TV earlier. There is something on the Major League Baseball side that's worth noting for uh, for, for viewers like you. Thank you. I, I give Keegan the permission to go find the American Gladiators music, and now he's just going to, like, burn it to the ground. Gosh. It's fun. You know, actually, if we had to do a local version of American Gladiators, I already know of two that I think would do the job in a heartbeat. Chris Brown. That was one. Coach Chris Brown. Yes, you have to. Chad Owens. Both of those guys would do it tomorrow. And isn't Chad's wife a uh, bodybuilder? I I think she's now uh, taken his influence and is been a bodybuilder herself so we've got there's three three potential local american gladiators oh my gosh I, to get hit by coach chris i got one more i well i don't know i don't know if he'd count champ mm. you know champ from the champ show no but no sorry champ sorry uh, champ. <laughs> i think he's supposed to, isn't he supposed to be kind of like strong isn't he? Isn't he supposed to be like kind of like a, a fit, like strong dude? Hmm. I think so. I think I, I I haven't really met him. I've been around. I've I've seen the show. Yeah, Champ. I do watch on on Spectrum OC sixteen, one hundred percent original, one hundred percent local. There you go. Um, and I the I, I never got to meet him. The one time I did the Goodwill Games, the 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 New City Nissan Goodwill Softball Classic. Yeah. When we uh, Felipe and I were doing the games on on TV. And all you could hear the entire the entire doubleheader was Champ doing the PA announcing on the field the entire time. It did not go silent the entire time. I'm pretty sure Champ would count. You'd count. My buddy Grant McCartney uh, was on American Ninja Warrior. I've interviewed him. Yeah. Uh, good dude. Good, real good dude. One yeah. of my best friends. Didn't he, he move to, to the mainland? Uh, he's back and forth from here and Houston, but he's someone I would probably put in that category as well. I didn't know he was ripped, though. Oh, he's massive. He is? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, so we've now named, how many is that? We've named That's four. five. Yeah. I'm counting five, champ, if yep. champ counts. So we've named five local people. That count for uh, for maybe a, a local version of American Gladiators. 
I think we may have to crowdsource the rest. Yeah. We could probably just find some thick bradas out there that would be stoked to hit some people. There's no other coaches on the UH staff that that, that may count here. Man. I'm blanking on blanking on it right now. We we could we could find some. Man, um this is this is a little concerning. That we can't think that that maybe nobody on the UH staff qualifies. I can't shake the thought of getting Chris Hart and Gary Dickman in those leotards. <sighs> Dude, no. <laughs> Perfect way to get to traffic. <laughs> Jamal Collier's next. It's off the bench. Gross. ESPN NBA reporter Jamal Collier uh, coming up here in a moment. Ask, and I guess we receive. We were uh, we were talking about local guys and local girls that would fit in a Hawaii version of American Gladiators. We've gotten a few via our uh, our text line. Brad Kalili Moku and Leonard Peters, according to a texter from the seven five three. Those are good options. Yeah. Now, this one, admittedly, is really, really, really far out. Really far out. Get Rich Miano on that show. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Rich would love to be on the show. Oh, I know he would. Rich, well, I could see Rich as an analyst next to whoever would be the version of Mike Adamley. Hey, multi-year in the NFL, I'm sure he'd love to lay the lumber. But this is where it gets kind of weird. It says, Rich Hill, too. Oh, my gosh. The seniors gladiator? Oh, my gosh. Okay, now, that I need to dissect. The seniors gladiator? Who are we getting to sign up to be a contestant? Do we have an age requirement, and do we have an age limit? Well, for insurance purposes, I definitely think that Good. you— uh, Who says you, senior? You need an age requirement there. Oh, my gosh. You want, like— a 70-year-old uncle going on gladiators? Come on. Definitely not. No. <laughs> That's not okay. Uh, look, <laughs> I see Rich Hill pretty much every day as the person who does baseball here for the radio station. I don't know if you'd appreciate being lumped in with the seniors. No, he would not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's brutal. No. And then Texas says, now nah, both of them would want to against the youngins. Sure. Um, I just, uh, going back to what I said a moment ago, seeing Rich Hill nearly every day. I don't need to see Rich Hill looking like an American gladiator. Hence, in the American gladiator the attire. That's right. I don't, I don't need that. He's got the spray tan look. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's not. It, it, it ain't spray tan. It's that, natural. That's natural. It's natural. That is. Easy. I'm more drawing the comparison to the OGs because they yes. were straight, you know, LA tan, spray tan. Oh yeah, stuff made for made for Hollywood American gladiators. Yep. Uh, one other one says uh, this is Brandy Richardson, who's a a referee or has been a referee um, basketball games. Great person. Mm. Great person. Mm, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So what are, what are we at now? Ten. I think we've we've got now a potential cast of American Gladiators, the Hawaii version. I'm telling you, somebody. I mean, if we have a house flipping show on OC16, then I think we can get together 
for a, a Hawaii Gladiator show on that network. I think we can do it. I mean, the, the bl- I'll sign up to executive produce it. The, the, the bl- with no experience whatsoever. I'll sign up for it. Hey, the Blaisdell's sitting empty the majority of the time. Let's get him in there. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't need the Blaisdell. That's too big. Okay, let's get have this. You, have, you seen, have you seen the American Gladiators Arena? Okay, Stan Sheriff. That's too big. Still too big. Still too big. Okay. Uh, Hawaii Ballrooms. Uh, maybe too big. Here, I'll, I'll Still give you, too big. Here, I'll give you one more. Uh, the Philcom Center. In uh, in Waipahu. Oh my! No AC. No, you you know why? Because they've had wrestling in there. Yes. They've had so they've had professional wrestling in that venue that can get about a hundred people, and there's your studio audience. You could do it in the uh, in the Philcom Center. Put them in Clum. Yeah. You get that sweaty, glistening look in no time. But it's very true. <laughs> Not even five minutes. It's like a sauna in there. It is. It is. All of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. See it at Kia. They support our military during military month. Uh, earlier today, we spoke with Jamal Collier, ESPN NBA reporter, uh, as we get ready for the NBA finals. And I asked Jamal earlier today, I need someone who has an answer to the question that everybody's asking. How do you guard... Nikola Jokic. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I consider me as somebody who just is, was completely, you know, off or, or wrong, I think, by going into the playoffs about how Denver would be able to get through it. And, you know, I think it had less to do sort of with a skepticism of, of Jokic, but more of like, if Jokic going to be setting up other guys, one, would he be able, these role players be able to hit shots consistently, you know, as he could create shots for them, and if they're not, would he be able to sort of go and, and get his own, you know, 40, 50, 50 points when the team needs it? And I think the, the thing that's, that stood out to me the most is that he's done both. You know, he's been able to set up and have, you know, Jamal Murray and, and a lot of the role players, Bruce Brown, uh, KCP, have all had very good series, Aaron Gordon, uh, throughout the playoffs. While Jokic has also shown the ability to still get his own shot, create his own offense, and dominate. So, you know, it, I think the biggest thing for the Heat is maybe picking a lane here. And you're just saying, okay, we're going to allow Jokic to score at will but cut off the passing, or on the opposite end, we'll sort of, uh, you know, uh, allow him to create for others but really not to create for himself. Um, I think maybe Miami selling out and trying to stop one thing is maybe their best hope here, but, you know, good luck right now the way the guys are rolling. And with that said, I mean, who is, who is that best guy to, to defend I guess one of those areas, if you will, uh, and and be on Jokic to stop some of that in the game. Well, I mean, I think it's just going to be a huge Bam series, and I think for my money, Bam is one of the three best defensive players, uh, you know, maybe in the entire NBA. And I think he obviously is going to be at a side disadvantage against Jokic, but he's a guy who is smart up defensively, has defense things, and can continue to. Uh, I think just kind of shadow and follow Jokic around. No Heat fans in, in general, people watching Bam like to get on him offensively about sort of his contributions on that end. But I think that really Bam defensively in this series is going to be the big difference. If, if he can be a, a game-changing defensive player for them and sort of wall off the paint and, again, allow Jokic to sort of limit him uh, in one kind of area, I think that that will be – Kind of similar to people, how they thought Anthony Davis was going to be able to guard him. I think if Bam 
you know, doesn't have the size, but if he can get to that level, I think that'll be a, a big key for Miami. ESPN NBA uh, reporter Jamal Collier joining us off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Jamal, uh, to me, one of the biggest stories of this series is before it even begins. Uh, Denver's had nine days off to get prepared for the finals, whereas the Heat are coming off a tough seven-game series and only three days rest. Uh, how much do you think that's going to play a part with a few of those guys noticeably yeah. being nicked up? You know, I, I, I remember, uh, I think obviously for, for Miami, that's the big kind of downside to not wrapping up Boston once you've got that big real lead is that you really don't have any time to breathe or recover. Jimmy's been carrying such a heavy work mm -hmm. you know, load on the court uh, going into the series. But, you know, I remember Eris Polstra, this was right before the start of the Bucks series uh, in the first round, and they had played the two playing games and really had a very emotional you know, they almost lost. They were they were down in, in the fourth quarter against the Bulls. And I remember uh, Spolster had a, a great line that I think is kind of in the measure for this team, but this whole playoff run. And he was like, "We're we're Navy SEALs. Just drop us off and let us go to you know, let us go to war. Let's go to let us go to battle." And I think that that's Miami in a nutshell. Here is like, even though it looks like that this is the game here two days after closing out Game Seven that. Most teams, you, you wouldn't like their chances, but I think that Miami's going to have something to come out and try to swing first and hit hit a home run in that game one. And this They've won every game one of each round so far. So I think, uh, again, they continue to, to defy our expectations here. And even though it doesn't look great for them having to expend all the energy in the seven-game series, uh, I expect them to kind of still carry that same intensity they had in game seven over to game one because they know how big it is that they can take control of the series right away. Hmm. You, you brought up Spolstra. How much stock do you yeah. actually put in all of this talk, putting him in the category of one of the NBA's all-time great coaches? A lot, man. I, I was already there. I thought, you know, for my money before the playoffs, and, and you asked me a couple months ago, I thought Spolstra was the best coach in the NBA. But the job he has done for hmm. this team, uh, this playoff run and, and getting these guys ready, again, being undermanned or under-talented or whatever you want to call it, uh, roster to roster, probably in every single series, uh, at least in two out of three. Like, I just think that the, the coaching, the adjustments, the, the, the way he's been able to exploit matchups and, and get these guys continue to have them ready to play despite injuries, despite guys being nicked up, despite every reason for them to sort of, like, already be happy with what they've had, uh, this team being kind of in there is still a, a focus and a mindset that they want to pull this thing off and not just be the first AC to get to the finals or upset a one seed or whatever, to actually believe that they should be the champions. Uh, I think it's just a, another credit to Spolster. I, I think yeah, Mike Malone is, is no, is, is certainly not going to be, I don't think, overwhelmed or over or matched by there, but I do think that Miami against pretty much anybody right now is going to just have an edge right there because of how good Spolster been. ESPN NBA reporter Jamal Collier joining us off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. You know, one more on the heat here. We know Tyler Hero is not going to play in game one. They do expect him yeah. at some point in the series. As, you know, Hunter mentioned, a couple of days of rest coming into game one. How much do you think Hero could make a difference at least later in the series? I'm really, really curious as how uh, Tyler's, what they, how they use him or how they're going to want to use him because I do think that there is some validity to the fact that you know, I don't want to say his injury helped them because he is a good player and you want to have a, a good player and a guy who can make shots like that. But really every lineup they've used throughout the whole playoff run, they've been able to, to not really put any defensive weak spots out there. At worst, they have maybe Duncan Robinson out there, maybe one guy you can sort of attack on defense. And 
Tice, I think, really kind of changes just the complexity and the identity of their team when he's on the floor. Uh, so, uh, you know, if, if guys like Jimmy and, and, and Caleb Martin or Vincent, those guys are sort of slowed and uh, struggled by just the workload that they've been able to take out a lot of veterans like Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry later in the series, I think you can maybe see a, an uptick. But you can see a lot of Tyler Hero if and when he's ready to get back on the court. But, you know, if, if things are kind of going along and they're continuing to stay in this series, I'm not sure that I would, I would kind of mess up the rotations I already had, or you, you maybe use Tyler as kind of a break glass kind of player. I, I don't know how eager they'll be to sort of inject him back into everything, you know, fully the way he was before the injury. You know, Hunter was was talking earlier about uh, Coach Spolster. I'll, I'll bring it around to Coach Mike Malone. You know, he has yeah. spent a lot of time in in post game pressers talking about how people aren't really talking as much about the Nuggets. It's been, you know, when they beat the Lakers, it was what what was wrong with the Los Angeles Lakers. It seems like across the way, Denver has kind of felt like the afterthought. I kind of feel like that's something they could play into in this series. Not, you know, not necessarily because they're there, but the Miami Heat are the eight seed and they're coming in, you know, to this series that many people believe they shouldn't have been in the first place. You kind of feel like Michael Malone set this set this up well for his team and the mindset of, of continuing to have that chip on their shoulder that nobody's talking about you, everybody's talking about the other team? Yeah, I think he sold that that extremely well. And again, for a team that had the best record in the West that came in as the one seed, has been pretty dominant through this playoff run. To still have those guys believing and pulling on that kind of same thread and that same uh, belief that they're being overlooked or overshadowed. Even the series that they're going to enter is a pretty heavy favorite, I think. Uh, you know, he, he, he really had this team ready to play and, and ready to answer any question. You know, any guy, you can just see it even in Jamal Murray's interview, right, that he's still kind of holding on to slights, real perceived or not, right, about people not thinking he could live up to the player he was in the bubble. And I think that, you know, as I said, Spolstra, I think his, just to me, at least submitted himself as the best coach in the league, but I think Mike Malone has really kind of entered, he's been around this group for a while. He's entered that kind of elite coaching group, uh, and he's kept, he kept these guys motivated, man. I, I, like you said, every every single round, they've kind of come out with the team looking like they have something to prove and taking the other team's best shot and still showing, no, 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 we are, you know, we're the actual uh, elite team here. So I always take nothing else, nothing less in this series. Jamal, how much credit do you, you know, give to this Miami Heat team? And do you see them being here to stay? Or is this run in the playoffs just kind of a, a spectacle in, in and of itself? <laughs> You know, it, I'm not going to be. The, I'm not going to count Miami out because I feel like every year, once again, it's like before the playoffs, I was <laughs> again caught looking dumb, thinking that this would not be the year that they could actually go on a real run with this court. It's really just kind of incredible the way yeah. that like the, the playoffs have gone through, and like now Jimmy's obviously a star and continues to elevate his game, but they all of a sudden look like the team just has so many complementary pieces, and all these guys have just stepped up from where they were in the regular season. Now all of a sudden it's like they have shooting, they got defense, they can switch, they got passes, they got all these things. And it's like, yo, that, that, you know, I was also in there for the playoff play-in game against the Bulls and you know, they were pretty dead to right. <laughs> against a pretty mediocre Bulls team this year. So it is, uh, you know, I think surprising and, and impressive what they've done. I would not have bet, obviously, nobody would really have bet that they would have done it this year. And I think these guys continue to get older and, uh, that it feels difficult to say they could repeat and do it again, but when you got Jimmy, uh, I'm not going to count them out with anything. They're going to be able to be a contender 
if that guy's healthy and on the floor in the playoffs. And I think as long as they have that, they're also going to find ways to retool and reload and find other ways to tweak this roster. So I would not be, you know, I think it's one of the four, three of the last four conference finals uh, for them, two of the last four finals. I'm not ready to say that this is the last run for these guys as yet. ESPN NBA reporter Jamal Collier. Jamal, enjoy the finals. We appreciate you giving us some of your time. Thanks a lot, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Jamal and all our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia. They support our military during military month. Aloha Kia. See ya in a Kia. Uh, Coming up, television. Uh, We were talking about that a little while ago. We'll get off the American Gladiators train. Once you mentioned something about Chris and Gary and leotards, that was it. That was was like the... uh, that was the segment killer for me. But um, the other part of TV, there was something different that started today. Uh, that's coming up after a look at traffic. It's off the bench, GSPN Honolulu. Coming up at the top of the next hour, I don't know if you were listening to Joe and Amber today, uh, but Joe Fortenbaugh does not believe that Brock Purdy starting week one for the San Francisco 49ers. No oh boy. It's not the quarterback you think that he thinks will start week one. We'll dissect that coming up uh, in about 10 minutes' time. We are watching TV um, earlier today. We were watching the Padres game, and uh, the Padres are no longer on Bally Sports San Diego because uh, Diamond Sports Properties, which owns Bally Sports, well, they're bankrupt. They didn't and, pay them. Nope. They had a grace period to pay them. They decided not to pay them, and so Major League Baseball took over the, uh, the the broadcast rights and the distribution of San Diego Padres games uh, on television, which is why for some people it was probably like, huh, where, where are the Padres? And uh, they were on, for if you're a Spectrum customer, they were on Channel 230 today. Uh, they will be for the foreseeable future on like a Padres-only channel. Uh, they're for free this week, Padres.com, MLB.com, and then they'll uh, eventually online – They'll transition people to kind of like a pay model uh, for direct-to-consumer. But imagine that, right? Um, You have the rights to a team. You feel like the market value doesn't work. So in the middle of broadcasting a team, you decide, you know, we're not going to make the the payment anymore, even with a grace period, and we're going to move on, and we're just going to ditch the team at the end of May. That's a a pretty – Pretty nice cop out, yes. For uh, for for Bally Sports to just walk away with what very very little punishment, other than Gosh. okay, well we'll see you. I I mentioned it to you. I forget if it was yesterday or just different time. The, the the game that upper corporate is able to play that the rest of us are not mm-hmm. is frustrating. Yeah, those of us that paid rent myself every month through the pandemic. When I wasn't working, hearing that makes me upset. Yeah. When someone just, ah, whatever, not going to pay these guys, even though we're broadcasting their games, we're making money off of them. That To me, that, that that's not right. That's not okay. Yeah. Um, you would think a lawsuit probably comes out of it. And, and that's it, what I'm thinking. And it, and it might. Because there, there's some good. Um, I, I think that's worth noting, and we can we can note a little bit later on. But there's some bad to it. The Padres just spent a lot of money in the off season, <laughs> last couple off seasons. Yes, they've got probably one of the larger payrolls in in Major League Baseball. You know what they're not getting from Bally? Money. Yeah, 
Um, I believe Bally Sports was supposed to be paying them about $60 million. That is a salary for at least one of your star players, if not one and a half. And so now you might be getting less from cable, satellite, you know, just in the, 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 the fees to operate a channel. But you're not getting $60 million to make up the cost of what you lose. It's a lot uh, of hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a lot of hot dogs to make up that 60 mil. And so all of a sudden now, you have a team that spent money to compete that now has to realize unless they can get another deal, which they won't, I don't think, because regional sports networks are dying. They are dying because the model is old. Um, people are going away from cable, and they're going online. And nobody is going to spend $60 million a year to broadcast a team's games for 162 games. Unless they can find something that would make up those $60 million, they're in a really bad spot. The Padres aren't doing well that this year anyway. Yeah, They might have to be sellers now when we get to the trade deadline because they may not have the money to be able to afford trying to be this competitive. It's a game changer. Yeah. And it might we might see this for other teams that they have. There are some teams that they've been late on payments for, Arizona, uh, Texas, and that could create some problems. I will say, um, we've seen some regional productions for games all the time, and we're very fortunate. Sp- Spectrum's top-notch here. Valley sports productions are some of the worst I've ever seen. Hmm. Um, from graphics to music, it's awful. It's like day one, Major League Baseball produces something, and it's an upgrade. <laughs> but we'll talk a little bit later about why this might even be better for the consumer as well. Sam Darnold, week one, San Francisco 49ers. Did you ever think? That you would hear those words, Joe Fortenbaugh, by the way, earlier on uh, Joe and Amber on ESPN Honolulu. Did you ever think when Sam Darnold was signed by the team in the offseason that he was a legitimate QB1 contender? Absolutely not. He wasn't even number one QB contender last year mm-hmm. for his old team. Mm-hmm. Um, now, all of this is, of course, Kind of conjecture. Of course. We're, yeah. we're months away from even preseason. But do you think he has a point, though, on on the way the structure of the Niners and the uncertainty of Brock Purdy's injury makes sense there? Uh, in some aspects, yes. The, the, the part that really resonated with me was his assessment of the Trey Lance situation. Yeah. Um, I think the verdict is out on getting quarterbacks from North Dakota State, and it's just not working out. I think that is all product of guys like Mel Kuyper Jr. Um, hyping people up from the college level and think, oh, you know, he's got an NFL body and an NFL arm, and he's going to do great at the next level. Didn't work out for Wentz, and it doesn't look like it's going to work out for Trey Lance. Well, it was a little better for Wentz than it was maybe not long-term, but short-term it was fine for Carson Wentz. I just, I've always wondered why, if they really are this world-class quarterback, how come they haven't played at a bigger school? 
Um, and one double A. I don't understand it. Yeah. Wow. You know, the only the only thing I can think of, North Dakota State gets a bunch of cred as a program that throws the ball around and wins. And would you rather go to a program that throws the ball around and wins um, or get stuck in a in a lower-tier Division One program that doesn't? Sure. I, I think it's just I, that I've always just been puzzled by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and – you know, to kind of go back to what he was what he was describing, they are having to figure out what they're going to do with him right now because I do agree that the um, the perception is that they're they're needing to control the narrative here, yeah, to keep from it looking like they blew it because they took him in the first round mm-hmm. of the draft, and anytime you as you know uh upper upper management uh the front office blows it on a first round quarterback people are going to want to know why by the way one other quarterback from uh, north dakota state was drafted to the nfl uh easton stick from uh, uh was a uh, 49 and 3 record at ndsu drafted by the los angeles chargers in the 5th round in 2019 uh never played there you go um, and I'm I'm a fan of quality coming from anywhere. I just I've always been curious why they give so much hype to quarterbacks coming from from that school. I I don't know that it has anything to do with North Dakota State. I I just don't you know if there was more about that school, I think you'd have more quarterbacks drafted from there that don't end up doing anything. The fact that we've we've named three, and I don't know that there's been any more than three. But the fact that we've just named three tells me that it is not about the school. It's about the player. At I least guess. Wentz was kind of successful. Sure. He's still an NFL quarterback. I get that. I think just because really we didn't really hear of NDSU up until six, seven years ago mm-hmm. whenever Wentz comes out. And sure, uh, spectacle. He's a huge guy. Awesome. And then comes Lance. I am like, it almost feels like they're trying to do it again with Lance. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I wasn't buying into it, even from day one. And I will say, those two quarterbacks are different as far as type of quarterback. Yeah, I've uh, just been skeptical about Lance from, from the get. If Lance doesn't earn even a backup job in San Francisco, his career's done. I don't know how a team takes a flyer on Trey Lance if he can't even be the backup, uh, whether it is to Sam Darnold or it is to um, Brock Purdy. How, how do you recover from that? That the injury, you know, coming back from those injuries, hard to do as it is, but how do you recover making everybody believe that you're fine, you have healed, you have recovered, but yet still not good enough to crack uh, a depth chart that would that would get you on uh, on the roster on game day. I don't. I mean, Trey Lance. Maybe if that's the case, if Trey Lance is closing in on an XFL job, then he is an NFL job. I'm much more inclined to give Jordan Taamu a shot, who was the offensive MVP from the XFL. I'm more inclined to give him a backup role than. Trey Lance, mm-hmm. 
he's at least been playing high levels of football um, more recently than someone like Trey Lance. Yeah, Tom, who's been a backup, I mean, I, I think, what would you rather be? Would you rather be a backup in the NFL or a starter getting significant play in the XFL or the USFL or, or whatever spring league it is? Depends on the backup job. I'll take the backup job to Pat Mahomes over anything. Mm-hmm. As he was before. Yeah. I would I would take that job. That, that's one of the best jobs in the world, in my opinion. Backup to the best quarterback in the NFL. It's awesome. See, if there were a way, though, those spring leagues, I would. I, I know you, you want to be developmental leagues, but you know it would be really cool if the spring leagues could use backup NFL backup quarterbacks to get them some work. Mm. And then after the spring league is done, they're back to their NFL teams. They may be better for it and better prepared to back up a quarterback if he gets hurt because he's gotten some run. He's not just like sitting around or just throwing a ball to receivers in his spare time. He's actually getting reps. That's right. Um, Texter from the 224. Lance and Wentz better than UH's quarterbacks. More drafted than UH. See, I think that's where my frustration is rooted mm-hmm. is guys like that are getting more accolade than someone like my friend Cole McDonald. Who who did those guys play? Mm-hmm. Who did North Dakota State play that's better than teams that we played? And when coming out, I felt like Cole deserved more hype. So get, what do you think do it you get was? what I'm saying? So what do you think it was then that Cole McDonald – did not get a meaningful run in the National Football League. Well, I'm hoping and praying that he will get another shot after his XFL. That's run. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, for him, that that, that situation is unique because he went in during COVID, mm. where they had some unique um, things happening with the Tennessee Titans well, across the league. With, with COVID restrictions yeah, and kind of had to go through rookie minicamp differently than what other guys normally get to experience. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that had a part to play. But I almost feel like there was th- – th- th- there's a feeling with Trey Lance like they found a diamond in the rough like they did with, uh, um, with Carson Wentz uh-huh. from the same school. So – it may or may not be an actual narrative over there, but that's just something that I have always thought in the back of my mind. Like they're they're trying to create that again when you have quality from other schools. Cole McDonald ran a faster forty and jumped higher than Jalen Hurts at the combine. People forget that, yeah, and threw up crazy numbers his last year at UH. I and wasn't given in my mind that the shot that he deserved. You know. Not to play devil's advocate here uh, intentionally, but for those same people that say, well, you know, you played at North Dakota State. Who did you play? Some people will argue playing in the Mountain West where it isn't always necessarily a quarterback heavy or really good, you know, conference, um, which I don't think has been as good as in previous years with Boise State and even Hawaii's year in 2007, that some would argue not just Hawaii, but any team within the league, they might make that same argument. Well, who did you play? 
You know, did you play, you know, you played against New Mexico. You played against UNLV at its worst. You played, uh, uh, you know, you, you played some of those schools that were, were consistently weaker. Um, could you make that same argument? I See, Mountain West, I in my mind, has a, a track record of phenomenal quarterbacks. Josh Allen mo- most recently. Uh, Jordan Love, right before him, he was at Utah State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to take over for Brett Favre. He's your quarterback. He is now. my guy. Um, before that, um, Kaepernick, uh, Derek Carr, he was Fresno State. Uh, so, I mean, I, I do hear what you're saying, but Mountain West is apples and oranges compared to mm. North Dakota State. Okay, that's that's my my. My stance, right? Or, or I think maybe not North Dakota State, but maybe FCS in general. There is you kind go. of what yeah. you're, you're exactly. throwing out there. Exactly. Um, let's go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, which was um, Darnold. So, what does it say then if the Niners go with Sam Darnold? We'll go to the phones here in a second at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. What does it say if the Niners go with Sam Darnold instead of Brock Purdy or Trey Lance Week One? I don't know if it's it's so much of a. Um, you know they're they're making a, a stance as much as they need to play the best guy available right now because mm-hmm. Purdy, although he won the the hearts of Forty Nine er Nation and probably the locker room, he may not be physically ready come game one. So you you got to play your best option. And right now, with everything that's gone down, he's played more recently than either of those other two guys. Yeah. With exception to Purdy playing in the playoffs. Right. Let's get Harlan in here at 808-296-1420. Harlan, what's up? Hi, guys. Awesome show. Thank you. I think the Cole McDonald thing was really appropriate because you could arguably say that he played against the likes of Derek Carr and David Carr, who are longtime Fresno State. And last I checked, David Carr was first overall pick by the Texans. Now, he didn't really do much, and he's an analyst for the NFL Network now. Mm-hmm. But I think the Mountain West Conference has good players. And, um, you know, the quarterback in Buffalo is pretty good, and he came out of Wyoming. So that being said, um, I think you can find good players everywhere. I think it's unfortunate what happened to Trey Lance. And um, I actually played football with Sam Darnold's father. He was in my fraternity, small division three school. And uh, he was an offensive tackle, which is where Sam gets all of his height Mm. and thickness from. But uh, anyways, great show. I'll take your, your response off. (laughs) Just as he was going to say, take your thoughts off the year, his phone and his, uh, (laughs) wherever he is on the freeway, probably said otherwise. Thank Uh, you for the call, man. What's your, what's your reaction to that? Yeah. um, So I, I can't separate my thoughts from being a former UH player. Being uh, Chris Hart in a meeting earlier called me a homer. <laughs> so th- you, you, yeah, you have to take that into consideration with yeah. pretty much anything that I say because I'm always going to be fighting for our guys here. Uh-huh. Always going to be fighting for UH and subsequently the Mountain West because right. that is us. Um, and I will always be the guy that tries to keep it straight. And narrow, so I, I, you and I will 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 balance each other out on That's that. Right. I'll, I'll I'll challenge you on some of that, and you'll challenge me on some of that, which is good. And so that that's where some of the inquiry 
comes whenever they give all of this top five um, excitement over guys like Trey Lance coming out of North Dakota State, an FCS school, uh-huh. wondering are, are there are there better options out there that just aren't getting the Mel Kiper attention. By the way, you just got called definitely a homer. Fine. Uh, but texter from the 292 does ask, Cole McDonald's accuracy, um, which I it, it did come into play, did not. I mean, his, the questions about his, his accuracy, I think especially down the field, did that not become uh, a question mark for it, some? It wasn't so much his accuracy as much as it was his release. Mm-hmm. He, uh, if you recall, he had that really mm-hmm. kind of long mm-hmm. delivery, yeah. to which – People don't know this because, again, it was COVID. Yeah. He worked really hard to shorten up that that release, and it looked fantastic whenever he was in the NFL. Um, he did improve his accuracy in, in college. He was, I mean, his freshman year, he only threw nine passes, but he was like right. at 56%. He was at 59% his sophomore year. He was 63.8% his junior year. So he did improve on that. He did make strides on that. But I do remember that being a conversation for some people. I think going toward the next level. Um, that release too, wasn't it? A little more elongated. It was. He would bring it down. It was mm-hmm. down and around, so it was mm-hmm. very long and took a long time to get rid of it. The only thing I'll say is his run in the XFL. The one thing that I think hurts him is that he was used more in a. I don't want to call it. I, I but I guess I am if I'm saying it in a gimmicky type of way. He wasn't used as an every-down quarterback. He was used as a guy who came in in running situations and occasionally threw the football. But he wasn't given, I think, the greatest chance to showcase all of his skills. Well, if you were keeping up, he actually won He won the job. Later, yes. Halfway through the year. Yes. Beginning of the year, you're exactly right because he's six foot four and runs a 4-5-40. Mm-hmm. He can fly. Mm-hmm. So that they're using him more as an athlete than a standard quarterback. Um, but the other guy wasn't getting it done, and Houston had a chance in the XFL to make a title run. Right. And Cole ended up being their starter. Um, so to me, I, th- that's trending in the, the trending upwards mm-hmm. for sure. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes for him. I'm, yeah. I'm excited where he's at. Uh, Steve, hang on. We'll get to you coming up after the break. Traffic and Sports Center coming up in just a little bit. Steve's been hanging on patiently. We're talking about Hawaii football. Uh, we'll get back to the uh, Hawaii schedule and uh, some players named to the Athlon list coming up in just a bit. Steve, thank you for calling in. How are you? That's great. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Congratulations, by the way, on your on the baseball and your announcement. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate that. Thank and you. And I want to thank you for doing a replay of your uh the home run by Stone. Oh, yesterday, you know, that yeah. night, I like to listen to the games on the radio, so I dozed off, and I missed the end of the game. Oh, no. When it was tied up at 11-11, I was, oh, I was all sick. So you put him to thank sleep, you, but Josh. What I wanted to say, uh, uh, your partner, Hunter, is it? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hello? Hey, it is, it yep. is Hunter Hughes, yes. Are you there? Yes, what sir, happened? we're here. Cut off? You're, you're there. Oh. oh, I'm sorry, yeah. So, anyway, um... I just heard a remark about, you know, how he's with the Hawaii guys. Now, I have always been of the opinion that if all the top players from Hawaii stay home and play football and, and you know, for their state where they grew up, their home, we would be a top 25 team every year, year in and year out. 
I really believe that, but you know, someone's saying yes in the background. By the way, who's that? <laughs> oh, I'm on the phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. And turn your phone off. You'll be interrupting. Sorry. <laughs> this is a great call, Steve. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, you know, I really believe that. I really believe that if we all the top-notch guys every year stay home within four years, we'd be a top twenty-five team for the rest of our lives. Hmm. I really believe that because there are a lot of good ball players here from Hawaii. I think I, I think Steve makes a case, and Steve, thank you for the call, and uh, to your friend in the background, thank you for shouting out in the background. That Appreciate awesome. you listening. Um, I want to stay in reality because I think that's where I I, I like to kind of keep myself. As great as it would be for all the the local players to stay home, it's not realistic. In a perfect world. Yeah, I could see Hawaii being a top 25, top 30 team, um, you know, with, with a bunch of local guys staying here. Here's the problem. Go for it. It's not so much on the player's side. It's on the coaching side. Mm-hmm. If we had a coach that was consistently in the top 25, one of the best um, group of five schools year in, year out, there's no chance that we could keep him here. Mm-hmm. We watched it happen with Rolo. We watched it happen where he turned our program around. And say what you will about the guy. He turned our program around right. and then got offered a Power 5 job. Right. Unfortunately, we don't and will not, from a state perspective, fund our university at the level that we would need to pay a coach like that to stay. Yeah, uh, that's it's true. It's not just the talent from players. It's, it's the whole thing. And I will go back to something that we talked about uh, last hour. We talked about well, it was two hours ago when we talked about television. There isn't enough visibility here for athletes to play and get noticed. That just does not exist here because of the way the television set up with the conference and with Hawaii locally and abroad is. All right, there's a question that came in to our studios a little while ago, and I want to relate this to something that came out yesterday, which was Athlon's All-Mountain West teams, which seven University of Hawaii players uh, were named to, but I want to finish up on what we were talking about. Um, I think it was Steve who called in a moment ago uh, with his friend and said that uh, if everybody stayed home, Hawaii would be a top 25 program year in and year out. And uh, Doc texts in, says, you make a good point, Hunter. Thank you. He also said, how much do you want to bet that if Hawaii was a perennial top 25 team, those same politicians that won't fund UH would be on the sidelines every game? Oh, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Hawaii is the land of bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And it's sad because there are a lot of diehard. Probably Doc is one right. of them. Yep. There's a lot of diehard Not guys. Not taking anything away from the diehards. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they get drowned out. Yeah. I think Doc is absolutely right. Um, I think we kind of see it on, on the basketball side sometimes, too. When do we see the governor show up? When do we see the lieutenant governor show up? Only, really only when there's there's a, a reason. They're not there every game. They're, you know, like, maybe there's there's nothing at stake for them. Like, we feel it with football because we do have something at stake. We have a stadium at stake. We have a, what feels like a program at stake. But, you know what, It's it, I think that's just the way it goes everywhere. Yeah, sure. Kim Kardashian is not at every Laker game like Jack Nicholson is. Hadn't really thought about that, but okay. 
You know what I'm saying? They turn up when it matters. Uh-huh. Well, Spike Lee's at every Knicks game. Isn't sure, he? and that we know that. Yeah. The the diehards are the diehards. And then the the bandwagon are the bandwagon. By the way, if you had um Kim Kardashian, American Gladiators, and Gina Carano on your off the bench bingo card today, uh, congratulations! You're a you, winner. You, ring, you win a ring pop for your efforts. Um, <laughs> Come on down to the studio. <laughs> um, it's sad. Guess though, what? It's purple, and you're gonna hate it. It's sad though that we equate success, and when we don't have success, we're almost like thinking about it as like who's on the bandwagon, who's not. Hmm. It's it 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 sucks. Yeah. You know, it, it's not like Hawaii is going to be a perennial top 25 every year. It's it's not an expectation. It's not realistic. And that shouldn't be why politicians are no. there or not there every game. It is it's not like we're sharing the state with another division 1 program. So the fact that that conversation even comes up is just yeah. it's frustrating to me. Yeah, I, I don't like the whole Insider outsider language. Yeah, and I—that's not the way that I live my life. I want to be as inclusive as possible. Yeah, but they have cornered themselves as not caring about UH. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Yeah, unfortunately. But I also wonder, to be fair, how many other states do their Division One programs see their governors or mayors or politicians there every game, and have a big deal made of it every game? Certain ones a lot. I'm sure. Saban is more more of a big deal than the governor of Alabama. Yes. No doubt about that. And Saban might as well be. I mean, he is, I'm sure, the highest paid person in Alabama. Definitely uh, as far publicly as a state paid. institution. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I want to transition to a question that I want to I want to turn into something that came out yesterday when someone asked, what warrior player has an honest chance at the next level? And uh, thank you, our texter from the 208. Um, this, I think, can coincide with what Athlon released yesterday, which was uh, their all-Mountain all West preseason list. Seven University of Hawaii players were named to that list. Cam Stone, uh, the transfer from Wyoming, first-team defense at corner. Tylen Hines, second-team offense at all-purpose slash running back. Third-team defense, defensive lineman John Tuitupo. Linebacker Logan Taylor, safety Peter Manuma, fourth team offense wide receiver Jonah Panoke, and offensive lineman Eliki Tanuvasa. So I let's let's just keep it at those seven, okay? Because that clearly tells me those are the players that maybe have the most gain, um, maybe the most to lose too when it comes to 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 rising stock at the next level. Yeah. If I had to ask you to give me one of those seven that has the best shot at the next level, who is it? Cam Stone. Okay. Uh, first team Mountain West last year from Wyoming, and then he transferred over and he's playing for us. Mm-hmm. That is a find of a find for us. Yeah, probably the the defining find in the transfer portal so far for UH. Um, I'm gonna do more, just like quick for the others, of real course. quick. Yeah, Tylen Hines. I'm really intrigued this year. We're gonna incorporate him into the passing attack. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, if he is able to be um, kind of a dual threat um, skill position guy, who knows? Uh, 
guys like Belichick love smaller, quicker um, athletes to sp- um, kind of spruce around his offense. Mm-hmm. The other person, Peter Monuma, is only a sophomore this yeah. year. You talk about him whenever he becomes a senior. He plays four years for us. Watch out for him in a few years. He's had a phenomenal first career here at UH. And the other person who isn't on this list, Matt Shipley, our kicker. Mm, mm-hmm. That's one person that I'm – whenever I watch him kick a ball, it reminds me of Rigo Sanchez. And, wow. and Rigo is on the, the Colts right now. So that that I've always thought he's the, the, the one guy I'm looking at currently on the roster who has a shot. Manu Ma's quickness to the ball defensively I, I think is what what stands out to me not not like recovery quickness but mm. um you find a way i mean there's a play and he finds a way to be there more often than not and that's what impressed me about him early when when, when he got onto the field was you always found you, you always would look and, and peter's there he's making the tackle or he's slowing the uh, the receiver running back down so someone else makes a tackle I was pretty impressed by that. If you're getting interceptions when you're a freshman, mm-hmm. you will get more the the more your career goes. If you have a knack for finding the ball, we we, we call it uh, being a ball hawk. Yeah, that's true. That if you have a, a knack that that means your football instincts are phenomenal. And he kind of came in relief when some guys got hurt, um, and he has established himself as a starter now. Um, so I I'm super excited to watch him develop. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hunter, you are a much sought after person on the text line today. <laughs> uh, texter from the 373. Are you going to play at the Manoa Cup this year? Of course. When is that, by the way? It's the third week of June. Okay. So I have to know that I, I know you're going to be out for a couple of days. Is that what it oh, is? No. We're good. We're good, my brother. Wait, so- Manoa Cup is in the morning. Oh, really? Uh-huh. They don't play in the afternoon? No, they do not. Not really? until the weekend. So, oh, okay. So how many how many players are in it if they don't have to play in the afternoon? Um, so it's the week uh Monday the 19th uh-huh. is qualifying and then Tuesday the 20th through Saturday the 24th is Manoa Cup and it's set up match play style survive in advance just like March Madness. Okay. So you qualify on Monday. Um, top 64 scores get put into a massive bracket outside on the Lanai of Oahu Country Club. Uh-huh. And then survive in advance for the whole week. Okay. Yep. Okay. So um, we're, we're – uh, to answer your question, we're working with ESPN Honolulu's uh, digital team to actually hopefully um, bring you coverage of that while I'm playing. Oh. It'll be fun. This is news to me. Nobody told me about that. I'm a fan of surprises, I guess. Uh, apparently. Yeah. Everybody keeps me out of the loop on things. What's up with that? <laughs> um, okay, so you're going to play the Manoa Cup in the morning, and then you're going to get here in time for the show. Of course. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. You'll have a you'll have massive sunburn. No, oh, I, I've got a triple, uh, triple dose of, of sunscreen. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> And I've got a massive tailor-made sun hat that would make uh, any auntie in Manoa doing their gardening jealous. 
Okay. Uh-huh. I got to see this. Oh, yeah. I got to see this. I I, I have to wear it. All right. We are, uh, what, two and a half weeks away from that, so I'm going to hold you to that. Uh, I'm going to also ask you if you can wear that um, (laughs) to to the studio one day. Of course. You know, if you can do that, I would, uh, we'd love to get a picture of that. Okay. Just so people can see how ridiculous this sun hat is. I mean, it's not massive, but it does the job. Well, that's the main thing. It has to do the job. That's right. That's the point. Friday and Fitzsimmons coming up. Final words in a moment as well. Uh, Hunter is the popular person on this team. As, as we know, you're a former University of Hawaii athlete, and I am not. Your dog likes you better. This is true. I met your dog the other day. She, yes. She wasn't a fan. Yeah. Well, my dog's just nervous around <laughs> around other people. Takes a while to, to warm up to her. Um, yeah, my dog definitely likes me better. That's, yeah. that's true. That's, that's the one thing I have. <laughs> uh, text from the 223. A sun hat, Hunter, is also called a sombrero. Yeah. Since you were talking about your sun, your, uh, sun hat earlier. And uh, Scott asks, what's in the bag? So when you're golfing at the Manoa Cup, what is in your bag? Uh, Club-wise, driver, five wood, and then three iron all the way down to pitching wedge. Then I've got a 52, 56, 60, and a putter. 52, 56, 60. Those are all degrees of wedges. Okay. Yep. Sorry. That's okay. You're fine. I'm Um, not the golfer in the group And then after that, they just go to a letter. To, to the, the clubs where uh-huh. a pitching wedge is usually 48 degrees. Okay. And then so on and so forth from gotcha. there. Pitching wedge, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Um, and what then, else do you have in the bag? Uh, I usually play tailor-made uh, golf balls. Uh, the TP5, I swear, goes further. Okay. Um, also, my boy Trev is the tailor-made rep out here in Hawaii. Uh, Shout out to Trev. Okay. Um, Do you have some kind of endorsement deal no, with them? No, n- nothing official. Uh, same with the the shirt that I wear, OGA. Tim mm-hmm. is just a good friend, and I try to rep them whenever I can. Okay. And then uh, I al- I told you this during the break. I always have coconut water. Always. That's That's something that I... Not only need for hydration, but uh, I just I look forward to it every time say, I'm playing. Why why coconut water and not like regular water? It's just a little bit of a little pep of electrolytes. Okay. Every time, every time I take a sip, and you look forward to the sip. You don't always look forward to the sip of water. Okay. Anything to keep the mind distracted, uh-huh. light, free. I'm I'm gonna try to do that. Okay. Yeah. No other uh, no other gimmicks in the bag. No, no, I I have a I have a ball marker and divot repair tool that I've had for the last 15 years um, from Blessings Country Club in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Okay. Um, it's the closest thing that I have to a like a good luck charm, but gotcha. I always play with that in my back pocket. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But then um, I'm I'm real I'm real Lucy. Like, don't wear a glove. I. Try to be an athlete first. Uh, golf can be douchey at times, <laughs> and I do not want to be one of those guys. Gotcha. So I, I, I try to be as approachable and laid back as, as physically possible. And you, as we've talked about before, you will do some smack talk here and there. Absolutely. That's part of the fun. Yeah. On that note, uh, <laughs> final words. We've given ourselves a little extra time for final words today. So, Hunter, uh, go first. Final words. Uh... 
Something came out today about the New England Patriots mm-hmm. and uh, that them possibly in the avenue of cheating yet again. Oh, boy. Um, the the headline reads that the uh, the New England Patriots violated OTA rules and basically just went around them. Uh, I dug into it a little bit more. Turns out they, they had a few meetings outside mm-hmm. of uh, scheduled events because uh, this is the downtime during the year that I've always thought is funny that the NFL has rules about that. Mm-hmm. It's not like the NCAA where we're worried about overworking minors. I guess, yeah. I've never really understood why they care so much about OTAs and rookie minicamp and all that. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're paid professionals. Use them. They're, they're employees. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I've never really understood that. But long story short... Not much here. If you guys hear about that, this is not Deflategate all over again. Gotcha. That's my last word. Gotcha. Uh, my last words today. Um, I was I was surprised today um, when I uh, when I logged on Twitter. What time was this? Nine ish. I think I left I left home, so it was about nine. And I I logged on Twitter and I saw um, pitching coach Matthew Troop leaving the University of Hawaii baseball program. Mm. Um, Being an assistant coach and, you know, in his case, a a volunteer coach at that, um, because in college baseball, you have you have X amount of coaches that you can pay. They're going to add one more here coming up in the next year. But most coaches are, you know, volunteer coaches. And Coach Troop, as a pitching coach, was one of them. And so I was bummed when I when I saw a statement on his Twitter today, um, basically saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. It, I'll, I'll read in uh, in in part of it, um, and I quote: "The past two years in Hawaii have been phenomenal, with countless experiences that I will cherish for a lifetime." I have been in constant awe of the human beings I have met and their drive to grow the sport of baseball at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. After much thought, my wife and I have decided that we will be moving back to the mainland, closer to our parents to start our family. Uh, As exciting as this next chapter in my life will be, it is bittersweet to say goodbye to the islands and all the incredible people I have met there. Um, On a personal note, uh, and and I said this on Twitter briefly, I get an opportunity to talk to coaches, um, you know, basketball and baseball and occasionally softball, um, you know, every year, basketball more so this year. Um, and football. And and, and football. Not, not, as, not as much, but yeah, and, and football. And and Timmy Chang, uh, you mm-hmm. know, during the year here and there. Um, Coach Troop and, and, and the Hawaii baseball staff is very much open. Um, you know, they're they're really open to access with us and I, and are really, really good with that. And Coach Troop is one that when I talk to him, when I get a chance to every week, they are um, – or he is someone that I learn from every week. Mm. Um, so it makes me smarter. But I, when I talked to him today, one of the things I said was I can tell when I talk to you about players or I talk about the program – that there is a general love for the program and for the student athletes you coach. Genuine. Genuine. Yeah. And some people go through it because, you know, it's a job. And you go up the ladder to the next one. Stepping stone. Right. Yep. Not him. Um, Most coaches look at Hawaii as that. Yeah. 
and I and I get it. Yep. I don't I don't necessarily have blame for those coaches who do. I get it. Not not him. It's it's very tough to be a volunteer coach. Yeah. Um, you know, at the University of Hawaii, it is expensive to live here. You know, you're you're basically uprooting your family, I guess, to to be here, hoping for an opportunity that maybe you become part of the paid staff at one point. Um, you know, you, but you're away from family. He gets an opportunity to be closer to family and figure out what's next for him. And by the way, his family, awesome, awesome family. Um, you know, met the mom and, and the dad several times. Just quality people, really, really quality people. Um. So, uh, I mean, just not even talking about coaching, it's a loss for, for UH baseball. When talking about coaching, and we've talked about pitching, I, I think, here and there uh, when we've done this show. What he did with the pitchers that really had to step up is pretty remarkable. They had one of the lowest conference ERAs in all the Big West Truly pitching about, what, five guys? Yeah. And considering that and being in contention for the Big West with, what, five guys that you used regularly? Free. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's awesome. It's, you know, if, if you could give a pitching coach of the year, I would give that to him. Dang. That's, um, that is a monster job to have to do and he did it so Hawaii had the lowest ERA in Big West games of all pitching staffs they had a 4.23 earn run average wow better than Fullerton who's gone to the NCAA tournament so um yeah I'm, I'm bummed you know this is also a tough time for a lot of those guys who are um you know, volunteer coaches or grad assistants. You know, this is a tran- this is kind of a transition period. You're hoping, are you going to be back? Is there another opportunity for you? Um, this is where college baseball gets really kind of frustrating because our know, own Ashlyn, her other half is Freddie. Yeah, um, on that staff, and and his contract expired, mm. and he's he's right now coaching with the uh, Wilmar Stingers in the Northwoods League. In summer ball, he's a, a field manager for a second year. He's a, he's a rising guy. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of uncertainty for a lot of these coaches who don't get paid. Uh, and college baseball is flawed for that. Softball, same thing, flawed for that. Uh, I'd like to see that change at some point. 